Alright everybody, welcome to the comments from the Peanut Gallery Podcast. I'm Jordan Kurtz. I'm also with the MMA plug powered by DenverSportsBetting.com and MileHighSports.com. I'm here with a very special guest today, my man Colin Anglin. How you doing, brother? Yes, sir. I'm good. Um, just, you know, excited to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much for taking the time, bro. So, yeah. real quick, before we get into the thick of things, why don't you hit everybody off with your social media handles and where people can follow you. Yeah, everyone can follow me on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, just Colin England MMA. Colin England MMA, there you have it right there. Now, Colin, I know that right now you've uh, you've got some news that's on the table. I don't know how much in terms of you know where, where things may go because we are living in a crazy COVID world, ladies and gentlemen. Stuff in the MMA world, it's safe to say changes on a daily basis, but as of right now, what do you have on the books? Um... Are we talking, uh, like what we were just talking about, or? So, so you've got a contender series bout that's coming up. Yes, but yeah. Obviously, so, you know, okay, contender so yeah. series, people, you know, there, there's been issues with some fighters out there in relation to, you know, visa issues. Oh, yeah, okay. There's obviously been some people that have had, you know, some COVID situations mm-hmm. that are going on, but you, you've got an incredible opportunity ahead of you right now. Absolutely. As it stands right now. Yeah. Get granted. Things can always change, but... Yeah, so I'm fighting um, Muhammad John Namoff. Hopefully I didn't butcher that. Um, I'm fighting him uh, September 15th for Dana White's Contender Series. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting ride. Uh, moved out here to Colorado. Um, started training at Factory X here. And... Um, you know, really for this fight, and I mean, I fully moved out here, so I'm here, you know, for good now, but, um, the, uh, yeah, my original opponent, uh, he, uh, two weeks before the fight, my original date was, uh, August 18th, and, uh, two weeks before that date, they, uh, called me up and said that it was being moved to September 15th because, um, he had, yeah, visa issues, uh, work, trying to get a work visa. And um, and then I want to say about a week ago, uh, they called me up and said, uh, you know, I had a new opponent uh, because um, my previous opponent still couldn't figure it out. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot's changed since finding that out. Uh, game plan's pretty similar, and... Uh, you know, I'm just excited for the opportunity. So what's that like or what's that been in terms of the, the feeling that you've had making that, you know, that's a major life move, migrating halfway across the country and just kind of uprooting everything. What's that been like? Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. Um, me um, and uh, two of my teammates and best friends, um, uh Cody Brundage and uh, Amanda Brundage, um, or as you guys might know her as uh, Amanda Bobby Cooper. Um, we we came out here to train for a week uh, back in uh, like early June, I think, or late May. Um, and so we were out here for a week training, and we just decided in that week, you know, we had been talking about it for a while. Um, but we decided like this was the right move for us and, um, 
you know, in order to make it happen, we had to make it happen fast because Cody and I both have, both had our uh, contender series uh, fights like already lined up. So, yeah, we went home. Um, I, uh, you know, obviously talked it over with my fiance, and she's a amazing person and just super supportive. So she was just right on board. Um, we told our family and friends and. Uh, teammates and coaches back home and uh, everyone you know fully supported us and we moved uh, you know drove out here within a week we were back here and uh, back here for good so so yeah it's pretty crazy transition and it happened real quick but um you know it was a blessing it was um yeah, uh, it's been the you know one of the smarter moves I've made in my uh, career this far, and um, you know yeah things are going really smoothly here, so I'm extremely happy for it. Uh, you know for doing making that decision. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Let's peel the peel the layers of the onion back a little bit here. For sure. What first got you into MMA? So I wrestled. Um, all my life, uh, just, you know, growing up, uh, through high school, um, and I, uh, I just, like, never, I was always kind of like a, like, I was a good kid, but I always, you know, like, school came last, and so that affected, like, my wrestling, uh, seasons and, and all that, and I just never really accomplished what I wanted to, um, and I was always a fan of, like, watching the UFC, and, um, I just, uh, yeah, like, so after high school, I, uh, I was done wrestling, I went to community college in Kalamazoo, and, uh, saw a sign on the side of the road, it was my freshman year there, so I was about 18, yeah, I saw a sign on the side of the road one day, it said, like, cage fights, um, you know, blah, 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 this date at K-Wing Stadium, um, call this number. And I just picked up my cell phone, called that number, and I said, uh, you know, I want to fight. And um, they call me back within, like, an hour, and they're like, okay, we got you an opponent. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. It's going, <laughs> yeah, it's going down, all right. It was, like, two weeks away, maybe three weeks away. And uh, I had never, you know, I wasn't training at any gyms, um, never really had any training. I just watched it, and obviously I wrestled. Um, so going into that, you know, I called my family and called my friends, let them know I was, uh, you know, going to fight in a few weeks, and everyone was just like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, my dad was in my corner that for that fight, and... Uh, yeah, I knew nothing. I mean, I tried to stand up with the guy. He was more of a boxer. And, uh, you know, I threw some leg kicks. And my dad was just like, take him down, you know, take him down. Um, so that's what I did. Yeah, I pretty much wrestled the dude for, like, 15 minutes and got a decision win. Um, and then after that, you know, I kind of just did that for fun. Um, I loved it. I had a great time doing it. But I wasn't really aware of, like, the gyms around me at the time. Um, so I trained at a gym called Lightning Kicks in Kalamazoo for a little while. Um, and, you know, never really had, like, I, I wanted to fight, but for some reason I was kind of, like, 
hesitant to ask the coach just out of, you know, shyness, I guess, you know. And, um, and then I transferred to Michigan State University and uh, my best, you know, one of my best friends showed me uh, Scorpion Fighting System in Brighton. And uh, I was, I think, 21. Yeah, I was about 21 at the time and um, started training pretty seriously with them and uh, took my first, you know, my second fight, first fight with them. And, and that's when I really fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, I got like a, I won with a guillotine in the, um, I don't know, first or second round. Might have been second, I can't remember. But um, yeah, just that was incredible. I had like all my work friends there, all my family, all my, you know, uh, friends from back home and uh, just getting my hand raised and, you know, in front of all of them and seeing them all in the crowd just freaking out. I absolutely fell in love with it. I think I texted them that night and I was like, hey, this is what I'm doing, you know, like. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Was there a specific, like, a lot of people talk about having their MMA moment, mm -hmm. if you will, you know, like what pulled you into the sport as a fan you know for some people it may have been oh you know i remember back at you know ufc blah 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 when chuck liddell knocked out tito ortiz or you know when matt hughes went and slammed frank trigg or something like that do you have a particular moment like that or is it just something that you know you've always just kind of liked and there isn't one thing that maybe sticks out um yeah you know i i always watched uh like Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre and all them and whenever they were fighting I tried to you know figure out a way to watch it um I think back then I was on like Spike TV so I was in the pay-per-view um and then uh but you know like when I think back to like a lot of people ask me this question and I I never have really given them this answer but this is kind of the truth is um when I was, I had to be in like sixth, seventh grade. Wait, no, I was in like eighth grade. Uh, I was, uh, you know, my stepdad would always show me, um, would always call me in to watch fights. And uh, it was really when I was first introduced to it. Uh, and most of the time, uh, I think because he was a big fan, uh, it was like Andre Arlovsky. And... Um, yeah, I loved, like, watching him fight, and, uh, you know, he had, like, the fangs and stuff, and I, he just was, he was fun to watch, so I think that was really what pulled me in. The pit bull. Yeah, yeah. Andre Arlovsky, when he was in his, like, his prime run, like, yeah. just like you said, man, he, he was devastating yeah. out there. I mean, yeah. he had the look, he just had the, the whole bravado to him, I mean, yeah. just this gnarly-looking dude with a crazy beard, curly crazy hair fangs sticking out and just <laughs> knocking people out left and right yeah and I was a young kid and so like that all of that like the showmanship of that like I loved you know and um yeah really that is what um got me interested in the sport nice yeah. well you mentioned showmanship one thing I do have to point out you have some of the dopest trunks that you usually take the cage with <laughs> Yeah, thank now, you. Now, though, get into the UFC, you know, once you punch that ticket and get your contract. Yeah. How do you feel not being able to have those dope-ass shorts anymore? Yeah, it sucks. Um, I mean, listen, I'm not going to... I'll have the UFC uh, on my shorts now, so 
I don't think I'll be complaining that much, but fair trade. <laughs> yeah, fair trade. it's not bad. Um, but yeah, it does. Uh, that does kind of suck because I I like to have fun with it, and I like to, um, you know, when I take off my sweatpants before I go into the cage, I like people looking at me going, you know, what is this guy? You know, <laughs> what are those shorts? You know, is he wearing swim trunks? They're not, but <laughs> you know, I wear some yeah, pretty crazy stuff and um. And then, you know, going out there and showing them I'm a real uh, threat, you know, real talent. So um, it's not a huge deal to me. Uh, I'll be happy to, you know, wear the, whatever the UFC gives me. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Now, just to ask you on this side of things, as the Venom partnership is set to take place next mm-hmm. year with the UFC... And this is something I haven't asked anybody on air yet. And just, just because, you know, you, you like the different gear yeah. and all that, I figured I would ask you, what do you think that that partnership is going to mean for the UFC? Um, I don't know. There, you know, there's been a lot of, like, back and forth, like, people on this side and people on that side um, of that deal. You know, people are like, why Venom and all this stuff. Uh, honestly, I don't really care. I think that... Um, if you're gonna, um, if you're a, uh, you know, if you're an MMA, um, if your sport is MMA, why not align yourself with an MMA brand? You know what I mean? Um, I think that it's good. I think it's a cool thing, you know. Um, Venom is, yeah, strictly combat sports, so, um, I just don't see how could, where it could go wrong. And I think it's great for Venom, too, obviously. I mean, um, and who knows? Yeah, maybe they'll be able to provide some uh, cooler shorts. <laughs> I think that all those things are reasons why this is a great partnership for yeah. the UFC, personally. I thought that all along, personally, that Nike was going to be the one who would come in and land that contract just yeah. because Nike is Nike. But Which would have been cool. It, it would have, but let me share to you why I believe that that was a great move that the UFC did not go with Nike. Yeah. One, cost. Yeah. Affordability. You know, one thing that you look at in relation to the fight game as opposed to your other major sports is the socioeconomic factors that go into the fight game mm-hmm. are just on a completely different playing field. It's apples and oranges from the major sports oh, to yeah. what it is as far as, as far as MMA and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. I used to I used to sell sports apparel and merchandise, mm-hmm. and part a big part of what we sold was NFL equipment or NFL gear. Yeah. When the NFL shifted from Reebok over to Nike, that same base. I mean, granted, you know, call it whatever your buzzwords for your slight upgrades in terms of the T-shirt and hoodies technology. I yeah. Mean, I yeah. don't know how much yeah, difference knows. there it's is. Probably not overall. much. Probably not much, mm-hmm. but that same set of sweats that you would get for you know for 120 bucks combined from Reebok, you know, 60 for the hoodies, 60 for the sweats. Yeah, that becomes a hundred a piece when it has the Nike symbol on. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, how much would you be segmenting your own demographic out if you were the UFC yeah. and going with someone who makes all of the you know who makes very Nike true. products that has such a high sticker price and that goes all the way down the line and when we're talking about the backpacks, the yeah. duffel bags, the just general branded gear. 
mm-hmm. that all is going to have a significant increase once you put that Nike swoosh on it. Yeah. Having someone like a Venom also, I feel like, is advantageous not only on the cost side, but on the research and development. You've had some of these other companies, like Adidas has made gloves and they made geese and some other stuff out there, but the quality is to be desired. Yeah, you know, there's, yeah there's for sure. There's still a lot left to be desired. Yeah. Whereas with Venom, this is a company who has specialized in making these particular products for a long time. Now. Yeah. You're not having to worry about, on the fly, mind you, making adjustments to products that you could potentially be putting on the top of the top athletes in the world. Yep. Yeah. That's why I think that Venom is is a good choice in that regard. Yeah, I agree. I didn't even think of that. Um, yeah, all the uh, expenses and stuff like that. Um, it's very true. Um, it'll be interesting uh, how Venom... Um, you know, compensates fighters. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm not, yeah, not entirely sure how it'll work. but Hopefully the compliance pay is better than what the Reebok situation was. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that was a major kick in the nuts for a lot of fighters who mm-hmm. were around from the old era going into the new era as far as the UFC goes. I yeah. mean, for, you know, not, not to disrespect any uh, anybody, or but you had... You know, prelim and like mid card level guys who were clearing six figures and sponsors alone. Yeah. Whereas now, like that, that's extremely hard to come by, mm-hmm. especially from the sense of, and I won't give this fighter's name out, but I know that there's a fighter who made his UFC debut, and was paid basically like fifteen grand just to wear the shirt on the walkout. Yeah, it's because crazy. Because the company valued that placement because it, you know all the exposure and everything. Yeah. But today, if you're if you're a prelim or you're a, a mid card. You're not getting fifteen grand to wear a no. t-shirt. One, you can't wear the t-shirt. But two, you no longer have the opportunity to yeah. make that revenue stream sure. because the exposure just isn't there. Yeah. And it's a little bit hypocritical, in my opinion, just simply because you go now look at the canvas and it's more marked up than a goddamn NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. You know what That's I mean? True, like yeah. there, that that was one of the things was that they wanted to make it a more uniform and professional look, and. One of the sponsors that Dana specifically mentioned that he hated seeing was Condom Depot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trojan has a big banner spot (laughs) across the canvas. Yeah. So what are we really doing here? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, shit. We could talk all day about that probably. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully the Venom uh, deal goes well and... uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope it goes well. I think it will too. I think it. I think it will. I think that it's gonna. Like I say, I think it's gonna be something great long term. You've you've obviously you've had some some incredible changes across the board that that we've talked about thus far. What is something that you've had to experience since coming out to Colorado that you didn't necessarily think that you would have to encounter? You know, may, maybe it could be something as simple as oh well. Something that everybody talks about in the altitude, mm. or you know, for some it's oh wow, there's less traffic here. For some, it's there's a lot more traffic from where I'm coming from. Just little little things like that on the day to day. Yeah, what has it been an adjustment that you didn't think you'd have to make that you've had to make? Um, I would say so. Just like little things. Whatever may stick out to you. Yeah, I mean, um, outside of the fight game. 
Yeah. You know, I miss I miss my family. I have a, a eleven year old nephew back home and a um, two year old niece back home. So uh, you know, I miss seeing them. And um, I, l- luckily, we have Facetime. You know, I get to Facetime them a lot. Um, then I miss the rest of my family, real close family back home. But um, yeah, I, I mean that's the biggest thing, probably. I don't know annoyance, some annoying things. I would say like our like traffic is annoying, but the main thing is like the street, the uh, street lights, like the um, yeah, like the street lights. There's a seems like there's an intersection uh, or there's a light at every intersection. It's like you drive like one block and then hit a red light. You're like, okay, well, whatever. Drive another block, hit a red light. It's like, okay, this is annoying. You know, it takes. It takes fifteen minutes to get five five miles, um, but but yeah, I mean it's all little stuff like that. Uh, altitude obviously was tough um, to get used to, but um, I'm I think I'm getting there. <laughs> How long do you think it took you to get initially acclimated to the altitude? Mm, six, I'd say six weeks. Yeah, maybe. F- uh, yeah, like five or six weeks. That's crazy. Man. Yeah. That's crazy, especially because, I mean, you're a very highly conditioned athlete and yeah. the rest of your entire life yeah. up to this point already. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was just surprised to me, too. Damn, man, I was like, when is this going to end? Yeah. <laughs> when is this going to I mean, training every day and then, you know, it's it's just, yeah. I was always like, Jesus, when is, yeah, when is it going to end? But, yeah, just little stuff like that, you know. How does the rigor of the schedule compare in, in relation to what you had been doing before? Yeah, well, it's um, it's a lot more strict, right? Like, um, anybody who knows Coach Mark knows that. That's yeah, true. I mean, coaches, uh, you know, accountability is huge to him, and um. I think that uh, that's somewhere, you know, I thrive in that, you know, in that environment. Um, you know, like, a, 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 you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was a little, uh, I was late to practice, like, uh, you know, a couple minutes late. Um, and uh, coach chewed me out for it, you know, and I love that, you know, like I need that sometimes. You know, sometimes I think everyone needs, like, kind of a kick in the ass. Um, yeah, so I would just say, like, uh, it's it's more rigorous, yeah. Like, every day um, you have to be there um, twice a day. There's um, And then, like, outside of that, there's, um, you know, there's uh, conditioning, you know, strength and conditioning, um, at a different gym and then, um, that you have to be at. And then, you know, just the, uh, um, and then, you know, certain, um, weekly runs and hill sprints, um, that are required. I love it. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, I thrive in, in that environment and, uh, I think it's just a perfect place to improve. Definitely.
Well, my old man used to always say the best racehorse in history always needed a whip down the stretch. Exactly, yeah. So more so if you don't get what that means, that means basically you're never too good to get pushed by someone. Yeah, or to be oh, I, I agree, yeah. Absolutely. You know, we, we could all use it every now and then. doesn't matter if you're the best of the best within your craft. need someone to help keep you accountable and, and yeah. make sure that that sword stays sharp. And, yeah. There's a lot of people who say, like, they don't need it, right? And then, you know, people I know, you know, that say they don't need it. And then I see them get, you know, mm-hmm. getting uh, that kick in the ass that yeah. they need. So, um... That's one thing with Coach Mark is it is does not matter who it is. He's non-discriminating. Oh, yeah. That. And yeah. That, that, I feel like, is, is a great thing. And that, hey, like, you've got to be held to a standard. You've got to be held to a standard. We've all got to be held to this standard. Exactly. Otherwise, if we're not together in unity with our practices and our behaviors, then we're not all on that same energy bus trying to chase the same goal. Yeah. Is that, that a fair assessment? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's an amazing coach. And... um a mentor you know he's just sometimes he says things and I'm like okay did, how did like he'll say something it's like a full quote from a book I'm like how the hell does he even remember that you know what I mean like he just he's like he's got a lot of wisdom up there and um yeah I'm extremely happy to uh be learning from him he's and grateful way too of you know just kind of knowing exactly at that moment what you needed to hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And sometimes it may not be what you wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. But in that moment, it was what you needed to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And I can point to that just from a couple of examples with things within my life that mm-hmm. were, you know, away away from this other, you know, work-related, all of that, where it was just right then in that moment, what he said was just like, wow. Exactly. Like, that, that's exactly what needed, or what, what I needed to hear to put me on that right track. Yeah. Which is, it, it's just crazy. I mean, yeah, that's the I mark agree. of a good leader right there is just knowing how to manage people, knowing how to read people. Yeah. Because in some of those instances, it, it's not like I proactively, you know, went and talked to him about, or, or brought it up. It was a thing of probably got to read from, from body language mm-hmm. or, you know, just tone of voice and talking about oh, yeah. subjects, something. And right then and there, was able to then, you know, flip yeah. the script on it. Yeah. So, He's crazy. Yeah. Like I said, he's extremely knowledgeable. Um, he's wise, and he can, yeah, he can just like tell when something's off, and um, yeah, and say the right things. Definitely. Yeah. Colin, I want to ask something a little bit on the lighter side here. For sure. What is something about you that the people may not know that you're comfortable with sharing? Uh, something interesting. Something that you know, I don't know. Coach talked about how when I asked him this question, he's a blacksmith. A certified oh, wow. horseshoer. So that's something that not a lot of people <laughs> yeah. realize. Um, it's tough. Mm. I would say, um, I don't know, it's kind of lame, but like I, you know, I have a, uh, I have my bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Michigan State. Um, I went to school while I was training, uh, and um, even though I chose, you know, MMA as like my thing, what I wanted to do, I still finished school and um, and got a degree. 
I don't know. What else? Um, it's kind of lame. <laughs> I mean, you got a degree. Uh, that, I got some sick talent. dance moves. I can tear it. I can tear it up on the dance floor. Okay, oh yeah, okay. yeah. It's and gotta be. It's gotta be on the dance floor though. Like, <laughs> like the other day, coach and we were having like a little uh, private group session, and coach put on some tunes, and he's like, you know, he's like, he's telling me to go. Yeah, and I'm like, nah, this isn't my environment. I can't do it. Oh yeah. That that's what I was gonna. That's that was gonna be my next question. Is man, like, how come how come I don't see you in the rest of these dance videos with Markel and Georgie and the rest of these? <laughs> they guys? don't know. It's like, they, oh, they don't know. Yeah, they don't gonna, know yet, but they will. They're gonna see it. Okay? Yeah. Well, this is you putting them on notice right now. So, <laughs> fellas, Colin's coming. He's ready to cut a rug on that ass. Oh, He's yeah. gonna be out here dancing a circle around. <laughs> yes, sir. Con, you know, we've, we've covered a, a fair amount of topics here as far as your fight and everything that's brought you here to this point. Is For there sure. anything that we have not covered right now that you would want to get out to your friends, family, supporters, sponsors, anybody? Yeah, just thank you to everyone who supports me, everyone who, um, who's who been with me my entire career. Um, you know, I appreciate you all and I love you all. Um, if anyone wants to, uh, you know, sponsor me or... Um, yeah, get at me uh, on uh, Instagram um, or Facebook. Those are the main two I use at Colin England uh, MMA. Awesome. That's about it. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Can't wait to see you show out on ESPN Plus. That yes, is sir. two Tuesdays from now. Yep. Yeah. Two Tuesdays. So it'll officially be from once this <laughs> comes Tuesdays. out, it'll be a week from that Tuesday. Yep. What is the date officially? September so 15th. Clear up the confusion. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm yeah. already getting myself tripped up. Tuesday, September 15th. But yes, Tuesday, September 15th, Dana White's Contender Series. My man, Colin Anglin, is going to go out there. It is pin season. He's going to get that deal, <laughs> put on a show, and it's on to the next, to the big bright lights underneath the UFC banner. I'm Jordan Curse with co comments from the peanut gallery, as well as the MMA plug as well as denversportsbetting.com and Mile High Sports. Thank you very much for tuning in. See you next time.